That's the way God works, spirit and power, and we'll see it from the word here tonight, um, today. 1 Corinthians 2.4, this is Paul talking, and he's talking about his ministry. He's talking about how he goes about doing ministry. It says, my message and preaching were not with persuasive words, but by demonstration of the spirit and power. So Paul was really a greatly educated man, actually, in the word of God. And he was saying, basically, he's like, it's not because of my education that people are listening to me. He said, it's because of the demonstration of the spirit and power. And so, you know, great speeches wasn't then and isn't now what qualifies a believer or a minister. It's the spirit and power that qualifies you. It's the spirit and power because any man can go and study the word of God and can speak the word of God, you know, but it's when there's life and power in it by the spirit that it, you know, is activated, that it is a manifest. It's demonstrated by the spirit and power. Zechariah 4, 6 tells us it's not by our might, it's not by our power, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we hear Paul say that it's not his message and preaching were not by, you know, grand speeches or persuasive words, but it was by demonstration of the spirit and power. That's what he's getting at here. So we in ourselves can't do too much. Um, you know, we can go out there and we can go ahead and, and preach the gospel, which God says to do, but not a whole lot of fact is going to take place unless you have the Holy Spirit joining forces with you and backing up those words. The Holy Spirit is the one who confirms the word. When God spoke, it was the Holy Spirit that went and created the heavens and the earth. He is the one and the power that backs up the word of God. And so he's the one that empowers us and backs up the word of God when it is preached or when it is um, spoken to people. Romans 15, 19 says, they were convinced by, so the preaching had gone forth, the word of God had gone forth, but it says here, they were convinced by the power and the miraculous signs and wonders and the power of God's spirit. So it is what the world is going to be convinced by. The fact that God's word is alive and sharper than a two-edged sword, meaning like Something's happening when you preach the word of God, the Holy Spirit backs it up and confirms the word with signs following. Amen. Jeremiah 1.12, he says in his word, he says that God watches over his word to perform it. And so it's not a dead word. It's not a passed away word. It's an alive word. And when it's preached and a, a man or woman of God has the Holy Spirit and has the power of the Spirit working together with him, he watches over it and he's the one who performs it. We can't do anything. It's his power that works mightily. Amen? It's his power. We can preach the word of God, but it's his power that changes the heart. It's his power that changes and transforms that life. Don't tell me that you were out there in the world sinning and someone preaches the gospel to you and it was just the word that changed you. It was the word and the spirit. It was the power of the spirit that got a hold of you and something began to change on the inside and until it manifested on the outside. 
right? You didn't feel comfortable anymore in your own skin. Why? Because the spirit and power was at work within you, transforming you and changing you into the image of God. So it's the spirit and the power that Paul's saying, it's not just the word. It's not just me making a grand speech. It's not how good someone can deliver the word. There are great deliverers of the word. There are great People who are so excellent at giving a speech, but unless they have the Holy Spirit, who is the power of God that watches over that word to perform it, it will just be a word. Why? Why am I saying that? I'm not saying that God's word is null and void. What I'm saying is that the we know the word sometimes can go in one ear and out the other, unless the spirit of God is upon it and it penetrates deep into our heart then he begins a transformation. Amen. Mark 16, 20, it says, then the disciples preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and through them, confirming what they said by miraculous signs and wonders. They in of themselves can't do a sign or a wonder. They couldn't before the Holy Spirit. So what makes it possible after the Holy Spirit? What made it possible is he's the power of God. He's the spirit of God and the power of God. So when they received the Holy Spirit and Jesus said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, they couldn't do that until they had the spirit and power to do the work. They in them of themselves didn't have the equipment. It took God's equipment, the spirit and power. That's how Jesus did the work, and that's how we too are to do the work. So then the disciples preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them, and through them confirming, remember he watches over his word to confirm and perform it by miraculous signs and wonders. And this all happened because they were going out and preaching the gospel. That's the word of God. They were telling what Jesus did, but then the Holy Spirit backed it up, and he started performing signs and wonders to prove this is the truth. This is an alive word. This has not passed away. This is reality. Amen. So that's what God wants to do for us. He endued, and, and Jesus told his disciples, he said, go out and preach the gospel. But he said, but wait until you receive this equipment that qualifies you, until you receive the Holy Spirit and power. Because he is the one who verifies your ministry. He is the one who qualifies you. He is the power and presence of God that goes and confirms that word. You know, unless we have the spirit and power, it's just words. The word of God says you can have faith, but if you do not have works, it's dead. So that proves that the word of God in itself, it's not the word of God just spoken. It's the word of God put into action that is powerful. Faith without works, he says, the word of God says it's dead. So we need to have faith, not just in the word, but have faith and put action to our faith. And when we do that, the Holy Spirit backs it up. You know, you can say all you want that, oh, that wouldn't work. That's not, not, that's not from today. You know, laying hands in the sick and seeing them recover. Oh, that's passed away. But have you ever tried it? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Because he is the power of God. That would be why you think it passed away, because you don't have the spirit and power yet. 
He told his disciples, because they didn't have it yet, to wait until you be endued with power. And then go out and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Not because it's on their own you know, merit or their own might or ability, but it's by the power of the Spirit. Amen? So we too can have the power of the Spirit, the power and the Spirit. Let's turn to Mark 16 this morning, verses 15 through 18. It says, And then he told them, Go out into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out um, demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink, this isn't on accident, is not going to do it on purpose. If they drink any poisonous thing, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. How many of you believe that Jesus is not a liar? That is red letter edition. Jesus said we can do it. And he said and he commanded us. This was a great commission. This was a great command. He told us to go out there and preach the gospel. He told us to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Well, if we're not doing that, then we're not being obedient to what God commanded us to do. Why are we not being obedient? Because we don't have boldness. Why don't we have boldness? Because we are yet to believe that we have the spirit and power, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the word of God says, lives in us. That's if you've received the Holy Spirit, he lives in you, and he is, you know, Jesus said, it's better that I go away, because you'll have the Spirit, and I won't just be with you, but by my Spirit, I'll also be in you, and so that's what the Word of God's talking about. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in this world. That means that that greater one, the same Jesus that walked this earth by his Spirit now lives in you. And you can cast out devils just like Jesus did. You can lay hands on the sick just like Jesus did. Why? Because that same spirit is watching over the word of God to perform it. Spirit and power. That's why it was so absolutely vital when he told the disciples, wait. I believe it's Acts 1.8. Wait, and you will be endued with power from on high, and then you will be my witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. Why do we think that just a few disciples out of thousands of people in their town could turn the world upside down? Why were thousands of, of people added to the church on a daily basis? Was it because of their grand speech? Because suddenly they raised up a really good preacher? Absolutely not. It was because they had waited and did exactly what Jesus commanded them to do. They waited on the Lord until their strength was renewed. They worshiped the Lord until he poured out his spirit. They asked the Lord for this outpouring of the Holy Spirit and power so that when they would go out to do the work, God would watch over his word and perform it. And thousands were added to the church daily. That almost sounds impossible, but it's not by their might. It wasn't by their power. It was by the power of the Holy Spirit that they were able to do this work. 
It was what confirmed the word. It was what condoned what they were saying. God watches over his word to perform it. And so that's what we need to be expecting. That's what God wants for us. When he says to go out there and preach the gospel to every living creature, you, you get kind of nervous. But when you have the assurance that God's going to watch over it, that God's going to confirm it with a miracle, a sign, or a wonder, that God's going to supernaturally, when you share the gospel, transform their heart and a change takes place. When you have that kind of assurance, knowing that it's not your job to change the person, that it's God's job to heal, deliver, set free, or save them, whatever it is he's work he wants to do that day, that it's God's job. Your job is simply be the vessel. To go like a vehicle out into all the world and preach the gospel. And if you know that you've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit and his power, then you know that you've got the greater one on the inside of you. See, the problem is, is that we aren't having a confidence to do what God's called us to do because we don't yet have a confidence that we have the spirit and power. But it's a simple lack of knowledge. When we accept Jesus and then we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he gives us a prayer language, which is our tongue. He says, they shall speak in other tongues. And I'm speaking and spraying. They will speak in other tongues. As the Holy Spirit gives them the words to say in Jude 1.20. He says, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So this is how you get empowered, how you get filled up, how you get strengthened. Suddenly, for some reason, one day with the disciples, they were 120 in the upper room. And suddenly on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. There is a suddenly like that. There is the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Some might feel a heat. Some might feel like an electricity. Some might feel nothing, but yet you get your prayer language. It's the evidence that you got it, okay? So whether you feel anything or not, if you got your prayer language, you got it. Then from that moment forward, I'm teaching you here how to be endued with power, by the way. From that moment forward, you use that prayer language and you pump spiritual iron. And he, he's, Paul says, be being filled. Continue being filled. Continue building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, one day, you go out there to do what God's word says to do to preach the gospel or, or, you know, if preach is a strong word for you and that makes you nervous, then you go share Jesus, the love of Jesus with somebody. Or you go and see someone who's sick and for some reason you're compelled to talk to them, to pray for them. That's the moving of the Holy Spirit. Now you might get a little nervous, but because you've been building yourself up, praying in the Holy Spirit, you have this somehow assurance on the inside of you that the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to back the word of God up. It's not your job. Your job is you're the vehicle. Amen? Your job is to be that mouthpiece. We are the hands, the feet, and the mouthpiece of Jesus here on this earth. That's why he said, the plan was, it's better that I go away because I'm going to be not just with you, I'm going to be in you. So you're my vehicle. Wherever you go, I go. Whatever you say, I say. So really, it's so important to get the word of God deep into your heart and then be able to preach that word. Whatever the Holy Spirit wants to say, he'll give you the utterance. He'll give you the words to say. 
You don't have to worry about it. And then on top of that, he will watch over that word to perform it. He will make it good. Amen? And so that's what gives us that boldness. That's what gives us the power to preach the word and see these kinds of things. Miracle signs and wonders are not going to happen unless the body of Christ is mobilized. Miracle signs and wonders are not going to be the proof today unless we're actually going out and setting our hand to something. It's not for in the church, even though I want to see more of it in the church. We see some. But it's for the unbeliever to know that the word of God is true and alive and sharper than a two-edged sword. But we need that boldness. We need that confidence and realization that it's not us who does the miracle. It's him watching over his word to perform it. It's his power. It's not of a man. It's of the spirit and power of God. Amen? And he lives in you. Say, God lives in me. With all his power. All his might. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Luke 24. Luke 24, 49. Just going to read this occurrence here. And I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay in this city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? Power from heaven. So the Holy Spirit is the power of God. He's the one who fills you. And when you continue being filled by praying in the Holy Spirit, or when you build yourself up by praying in the Holy Spirit, you get filled with the Spirit and power. And it's not for your own accord. Well, he helps you to live for God, to please God, of course. But it's so that you will go out into all the world and preach and have the word of God confirmed by the spirit and power. That's what God intended is to go around all the world through our vessels and have thousands be added to the church daily because thousands of us are out there doing the work and seeing the spirit and power move. Hallelujah. That's what he wants. Amen. That's how he wants to move. Let's turn to Acts 4, 29. Everybody must be using their Bible apps. <laughs> you don't hear flips of pages anymore. And I'm old school a little bit. So Acts 4, 29 through 31. And now, O oh Lord, so this is the believers. So it had been a little bit since the day of Pentecost. And, I mean, thousands were added to the church on the day of Pentecost. They were seeing thousands added to the church. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was confirming the word with miraculous signs and wonders. That's why. And so, you know, um, they encountered some persecution. Maybe they had not learned everything yet that it wasn't just a one-time filling. They didn't realize this, I believe. So they came up against persecution and stuff, and they kind of got a little scared, and maybe some of that power had kind of dwindled because they weren't staying full enough. Not realizing this, not realizing that they needed to continue being filled and continue being built up in the Spirit, um, they come before the Lord in a prayer meeting in Acts 4.29, and it said, Oh, Lord, hear their threatenings, and give unto us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. 
they knew that boldness would come if this would happen. Stretch out your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your child, Jesus, your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer meeting, how many of you know the word of God is true? And he says, ask and you shall receive. But he also says, you have not because you ask not. And so if we're not asking, as the disciples did in Acts 4, for boldness that we might preach his word, if we're not asking for him to confirm his word with miracle signs and wonders, then we're not going to have it. Because you would only ask if you wanted it. You can be a Christian and go to heaven and not do one miraculous sign or wonder and not have him confirm his word the way the Bible says. And then you could almost think that it's not for today. But that is not what God says in his word. Amen? After this prayer meeting, the place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to preach the word of God with boldness. Let me reflect here that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, but in Acts 1, weren't they filled with the Holy Spirit? So that goes to show us that there's another filling, several fillings, as many fillings as you ever wanted. Because if you will pray in the Spirit continually, what Paul discovered. He says, I pray more than all of you. Why? Because he discovered that he would continue being filled. That's why he said, I sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I make melody in my heart to the Lord. I pray in the Spirit and I sing in the Spirit. I pray with my understanding and I sing with my understanding. Why? Because when you do these things, it fills you up once again with his Spirit. You get a fresh filling a fresh anointing, a fresh boldness, assurance that he's with you wherever you go, backing that word up, watching over that word to perform it. Isn't that awesome? Hallelujah. God is so good. So Jesus' ministry was a ministry of spirit and power. He... uh saw the Spirit of God watch over the Word of God that he spoke and and performed it. Acts 10.38 says, And you know Jesus of Nazareth? You know him, right? (laughs) You know how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? Because God was with him. God's spirit was with him. And wherever God's spirit is, there's power. Amen? There's power. Jesus' ministry started after he received the Holy Spirit and power. And that's what verified. That's what confirmed his ministry. That's what, where people saw he is the Christ, the son of the living God. That's where they understood and began to believe because the word was not without the power. The spirit and power is what we need. Luke 4, 14 says, And Jesus returned to Galilee after seeking the Lord, after resisting temptation. And and we must all do that. We must all seek the Lord, wait on the Lord. He'll renew our strength. And we must also uh, resist temptation, purify our hearts. Amen? And so that's what Jesus was doing in the desert. You know, obviously he had no sin, but he was seeking the Lord and God was strengthening him. And he ends up coming and returning. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news spread all throughout the surrounding district about him. 
Why did news spread? Was it because he was a great speaker? No. It was because of the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. It was because it says he was baptized with the spirit and power. That sounds really similar to what happened to the disciples after the day of Pentecost. When they received the spirit and power, thousands were added to the church daily. Why? Because 120 people going out and the Holy Spirit confirming the word with miracle signs and wonders, there's going to be a lot of people added to the church. If all of you could receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit and power today and go out there with boldness, and go about your day, not necessarily looking for it, but expecting that God could use you because now you have a boldness to preach the word of God and have the Holy Spirit watch over it, the church would grow and multiply daily. That's what's supposed to be happening. We should be busy going and doing our Father's business. That's what he commanded us in the Great Commission to do. But what is holding us back is us being afraid of how they're going to reply. We would not be afraid if we knew and understood who we have on the inside of us. We would not be afraid if we knew we had paid our dues, spent time in his presence, and allowed him to fill us up so that when we go out, we have this assurance and this knowing that we've got the spirit and power going to watch over that word to perform it. Amen? That's what God wants to do. He wants to give us, just like the disciples then, he wants to give us the spirit and power of fresh boldness that we might preach the word of God. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. So we need to see that we're not greater than our master. If Jesus needed the spirit and power to do the mighty works of God, then we do too. If Jesus needed to get away and get filled with the spirit of, and power, if he told his disciples, and we're not greater than the disciples either, them to wait and be filled and endued with power, then we need the same. And we see in Acts 4 that they needed a fresh filling. So you might be here and maybe you haven't yet received the Holy Spirit since you believed. You can receive today. It's as simple as receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's a step of faith, believing his word and putting action to it. He says, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit if you'll ask? It's as simple as asking and then me laying hands on you and saying, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And you'll receive the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And that is the proof he's watching over his word to perform it. You begin using that prayer language. You continue getting filled. You are going to have that boldness the disciples had. Maybe you're here today and you have received the Holy Spirit. You received the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And maybe at first you were super on fire and everywhere you went, you would tell people about Jesus. Why did that happen? It's because you had that initial filling and you were filled. And you had some strange kind of boldness that you would just go out and pop out of your mouth everywhere you went, telling people about Jesus. And people's lives would be changed. You've seen your family come to the Lord because you had this boldness. And now it seems like it's faded away. Well, I want to tell you today, there's a fresh feeling today. There's a fresh anointing, a fresh baptism that's going to come to you today. 
Amen. Because God needs us to be filled with that boldness. Lord, grant unto us boldness that we might preach your word. Lord, that we might have this boldness and assurance that you're going to watch over your word to perform it and back it up. It's not our job to perform the miracle. It's his job. Your job is to be the vehicle of the Holy Spirit, the mouthpiece, to go out there and preach the gospel to every living creature, to go out there and lay hands on the sick and see them recover, to cast out devils, to bind that oppression or that depression on that person that's got them suicidal. You've got the authority in the name of Jesus. He said, he said he's given us authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, to bind every power of the enemy. And he, he gave us a power and authority so that nothing will by any means hurt us as well. We've got power because we've got the spirit and power. Hallelujah. We in ourselves can't do too much. We might get excited that we're going to heaven. But if you have the Holy Spirit and power, you have this confidence about you. It's not an arrogance. It's a confidence in him and that he's going to back it up. Amen? His word becomes alive to you. He, that's what the Spirit of God does. He reveals the word of God. He makes it alive to you. He causes it to change you, transform you in his image from glory to glory. You're changed into the image of God. God, Jesus needed the power and the Spirit, so he went away and was tempted like a man. He had to go through that so that we could have proof that we too could overcome sin. He went through that for us as an example so that we too can resist sin and be filled with his spirit and power. Amen? We also must pray in the Holy Spirit once we receive. Don't put him into a box away. Um, not saying that you have to go out in public and pray in the Holy Spirit out loud. Nobody even needs to know. It's a secret prayer language, a conversation between you and God. And it's a prayer language that only God understands so you can't interfere. <laughs> You're praying out the perfect will of God for your life. And God's supernaturally, like Psalms 37 says, supernaturally leading, guiding, and directing your footsteps. Supernaturally, by praying in the Holy Spirit. So the third thing we need to do is, okay, if you find yourself kind of dwindling of the power, even um, Charles Finney said he'd find himself, I mean, this is a man that raised the dead like hundreds of times and, and had mir miraculous things happening in his ministry huge, awesome, powerful man of God, but it's because of the spirit and power. But he would find himself on days void, almost empty of that power. So what would he do? He'd go away for about three days and just spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. And the, the spirit and power would return. The Holy Spirit didn't go anywhere, but because of life or because of dishing it out, you need to get refilled. Some of you have become weak and weary in your walk with the Lord Maybe it's time for a fresh filling of his spirit and power. He said you can soar high on wings as eagles, run and not grow weary, and walk and not faint. You're walking and even fainting when you're walking this walk for the Lord because you haven't received the Holy Spirit and power or because you need a refilling. He is the power to live for God. He is the one who watches over the word to perform it in your life. Amen. 
So I, I don't know about you, but I believe that God is no respecter of persons. I believe that if we'll do what they did in Acts 4 or Acts 1 and wait and we will be endued with power, wait and we'll receive the Holy Spirit and power, or Acts 4 if that's you um, and you need that boldness, you need a fresh anointing, you need that fresh filling, we can ask, Lord, grant unto us boldness that you might, we might preach your word and you might confirm your word with miracle signs and wonders. How many of you believe God's not a respecter of persons? That means that if we'll ask, we are going to receive. I can have the worship team come on back up. Acts 6, 8. Stephen, full of the spirit and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. It wasn't because he was this great person. He was a waiter. He was a waiter, but a servant of Jesus. He was a waiter, but he was a servant of Jesus. But he was filled with the spirit and power, and it says he did miracles, signs, and wonders among the people. So that shows us that it's not just for the pastor, evangelist, teacher, or prophet. It's for every single child of God to be filled with the spirit and power. Isn't that good? Isn't that, I think that's exciting, personally. And so... In John 14, 12, Jesus said this. This is his closing statement for us today. He said, verily, verily. In other words, this is important. Listen up. I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall ye do also. Even greater works than these shall ye do. Because I go to my Father. Because I go to my Father. Jesus said it. I think that settles it. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Believers will lay hands on the sick, see them recover. Cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. Why? He said, because I'm going away. And the Holy Spirit's going to be with you and in you. You're going to be my witnesses. But wait, because you can't do it on your own accord. You need my spirit and power. So Lord, we want to be obedient to your word. We realize, Lord, that we can't do it on our own. We realize, Lord, we need your spirit and power. Father, we realize that we couldn't possibly fulfill the great commission in our own strength. Because number one, who are we? How could we possibly get someone to believe? But Lord, you watch over your word to perform it. When we share the gospel, you save, you deliver, you heal, you set free by the power of your spirit. But Father, just like Acts 4, Lord, we know we can't do it. We need your spirit and power. We ask you, Lord, for your spirit and power. We ask you, Lord, grant unto us boldness that we might preach your word. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. So I'm going to do that altar call that I talked about that I believe the Lord's leading me to do. You can go ahead and move that.